0: What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my partner, Scott Winter, and we have a jam-packed show on this episode of the Silver and Black Turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. Now, with less than 50 days before the start of the football season, there's a lot of work to put in and get ready. We'll discuss on this episode the expectations for the Raiders at training camp. Where will Chris Warren play? And will he be salty if he has the move? The NFL decides to make Richie go incognito. And where does John Gruden rank, rank amongst the coaches? <laughs> and where will the Raiders finish this season? It's time to clock in and hit the turf. Now, Scott, I know it's been a minute. So how you been? I've been fantastic.
1: How about yourself?
0: Steady grinding, steady working. You know what it is, getting ready for training camp, as we all are. Um It's going to be, a it should be a good, fun training camp. The final training camp. Up in Napa before they head across state lines to uh the the, the great si- the great state of Nevada, I should say. So it's a lot going on. So we've talked at nauseum about this day. I mean, training camp is always that one step closer to the regular season getting started. It's almost like Thanksgiving, and you know once Thanksgiving passed, you only have so many days before Christmas Day and you can unwrap your gifts. So that's what I attribute training camp to is almost like Thanksgiving. When it comes to the holiday time, especially for NFL fans and for all you Raider Nation fans out there, I'm sure you guys can are salivating at the point of waiting for training camp. Now, what do you, let's, let's break it down because we have a lot of expectations for training camp. There's a lot of moving pieces that happen both on the offensive side, the defensive side, especially special teams. Um, where, what, what do you expect from Derek Carr? I mean, I know we talked about at length about where, We believe he would, you know, where he would happen, what he has to do in order to keep his job, not only as a starting quarterback, but to stay on on the Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders team. Um, So my thing is this: What are your thoughts on Derek Carr? What do you believe he has to hone in on in order to keep this team afloat? Because in essence, outside of John Gruden, he is the uh, quintessential captain of the ship.
1: Well, that's the thing. I expect to see as we started to see during the off season. I expect to see a more vocal, a more assertive Derek Carr, uh, for good or bad, uh, as he becomes more comfortable in this system. And and from from some of the things that he said, you know, during minicamp and and OTAs and whatnot, he is a lot more comfortable in this in this um, system. He's also uh, spent a lot of time with Antonio Brown and. Williams, you know, practicing on their own, getting that rapport, getting that mental, you know, toughness, getting that mental connection uh, between each other where you have muscle memory, where you're not thinking about it. I just know he's open here. I just know he's open there. And that's the thing that they really need to really need to get locked down for this season. If the offense is going to come out of the gate humming, because Make no mistake about it. There's no such thing as as a a, a must-win in the first game of the season. But just like last year, that first game is a telling game, and it does have – you can see some things in that game that you're probably going to see for the rest of the season. Last year, it was a bad thing. The defense and the team kind of could not finish games. It It ground down. It wore down. It was not – football ready for four quarters and as such one of the biggest things that happened in, uh, before the offseason was strength and conditioning coach was fired so going into this game especially going you know playing Denver playing you know Monday night football it will set a tone for the rest of the season if this offense can come out humming and do its job and Derek Carr has got to be the one leading that charge
0: well, I think this is definitely a confidence booster for Derek Carr, because when I look at Derek Carr, and there's a lot on the line. But my question still remains, does John Gruden have a 100 percent confidence in Derek Carr? Because it, it, it seems to me that John Gruden has enough confidence to say, OK, I'm going to let you play out the season and see where you are by season's end. But that doesn't sound like to me you have full confidence in your quarterback, especially when you're looking around. It's no different than when you out here dating a girl, but yet you tell the girl, oh yeah, yeah, we can get together. But then you round here looking around at other chicks when you in the club and trying to holler and see who you can holler at. And that to me symbolizes what John Gruden is disseminating amongst the, 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 the the coaching staff as well as Derek Carr. Now, do I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback? Sure. But can he handle the, the level of expectation? uh that is necessary for them to get more w's than l's and that to me has always been the question mark especially the Derek Carr that, that we saw 2 years ago has not resurfaced since uh and that was when they were 12 and 4 with a, an unbelievable record before he went down and broke his leg uh so when i look at that i say to myself okay well here you go you talked about the offense the the To me, the level of expectation that I see for training camp is how well do the wide receiver, does the wide receiver core, excuse me, gel? Because I look at Tyrell Williams, I look at Antonio Brown. We talked about Derek Carr. We talked about the the offensive line and how much they have an impact on doing what they need to do, as far as making sure that, that the chains continue to move down the field. But then I look at it this way. I look at it from a standpoint of. I think they're the, to me, in the AFC West, they're probably the best wide receiver core in the NFC West. Excuse me, AFC West. And so I look at it from this standpoint. Antonio Brown is going to be Antonio Brown. Tyrell Williams is going to be Tyrell Williams, right, and the rest of the wide receiver core. But can they bring it together? Because chemistry plays a very important role when it comes to success of teams. And I don't know how long it's going to take them to all jail and get on the same page when they're facing real competition, as you stated in Week One against the Denver Broncos, a division opponent, by the way. So, how long will it take? Will it, Will they have enough time in training camp? Will they have enough time in the preseason to get things clicking to the point where they can get they can be one and zero after Week One, or will they be zero and one and still still searching for that chemistry?
1: I mean, that's a very good point. And there's really no way to answer that until you know the 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 rubber meets the road. But I, I do know this: that the preparation and and the training and the and the off season, uh, workouts just between Carr and his receiving core have been um, have done a gone a long way to create that bond uh, between at least quarterback and receiver. Now receivers learning how to play around each other in space. And understanding if, hey, if you go this way, I'm going this way, and they get that feel, you know, it, it could happen in training camp or it could, it could take half the season. It, it, it just depends. Uh, but I can tell you this the, the people that they brought in, Antonio Brown, Tyra Williams, um, they are going to work hard. That you can at least take to the bank. They are going to be. Hard workers. Um, Renfro is going to be a hard worker. Y- you got to be able to love the game of football to play for John Gruden. I mean, you got to love it like, like when you're at home and you're sitting there thinking about thoughts, you got to be thinking about football thoughts. You have to be passionate about it. And I believe that he's brought in some passionate guys, especially at receiver. And That passion is going to show up. It is, it's either going to be there or it's not. You'll be able to tell from day one in that first football game, if the passion is there, they might not be always in the right spot and this, that and the other because they're, they're, they're trying to gel, but is the passion there? If the passion is, if they're fighting for yards, if they're running back, uh, if there's a fumble or something like that and they got to run down somebody, if they're running across the field, if they're all hustling, it's going to work itself out, in my opinion.
0: Well, be that as it may. We all talk about hard work. We talk about dedication, but can't, will that be enough for the Oakland Raiders offense to begin clicking and racking up touchdowns and scoring enough points to outdo their competition? That's what I still question. I don't know how long it's going to take. And realistically, I understand Raider fans are excited. They see the big names. They, you know, the Raiders went out and played the name game. They got the Antonio Browns. They got the Tyrell Williams. They got, uh, uh, you know, Richie Incognito, they got, you know, a lot of different guys. They drafted very well. I know they went out and did all of those things, and that's great, and that's a great start to being able to build the process. But how long will the process go before we see it executed effectively and efficiently on the field, on the turf? Because to me, that's the biggest question mark, is how long will it take for them to gel? How long will it take for them to start clicking and rolling? Because again. Preseason is preseason. That's a, that's a nice little tune-up. That's a glorified practice, I like to call it. To me, it's too damn long. I think preseason games should only be two games, and we move on with the season, but that's just me. But at the same time, it's a tune-up game. It's a pick-up game. But when it really counts, is in the regular season. And how long will it take? I don't know. When I look at the defensive side of the ball for the, for the Oakland Raiders slash Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, I like what they have. I mean, I like Cleaning Pharrell. Fer- I like, you know, I love Jonathan Abram as safety. I mean, I think that kid is going to be dynamite, especially with LaMarcus Joyner back there, a guy guy that's been proven with the Los Angeles Rams. Like I said before, and I'll say this time and time again, the Open Raiders got a steal with LaMarcus Joyner. I like, you know, Trayvon Mullen. I like Max Crosby, um, Vontez Burphy, Brandon Marshall at linebacker. I think, to me, that's what I'm zeroing on how well will this defense be able to come together? Because the defense is going to be the key to me this season because they're going to have to have some crucial stops, especially in the AFC West when you have the Los Angeles Chargers, when you have the Kansas City Chiefs, when you have the Denver Broncos, who look to be a little bit better offensively this year as well. We talked about them playing them in week one. You look at the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, there's some question marks, especially on the offensive side because we're hearing about a possible holdout with, with their top-notch running back in Melvin Gordon. So that could change the dynamic slightly with the Los Angeles Chargers as far as their success. And then we have to look at what the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be like if they don't have pieces that they need offensively. Yes, you have Pat Mahomes, who to me is going to be a little bit better of a quarterback, I think, this this season. But that remains to be seen. But the kid is dynamite. So – I look at the defense and saying, okay, how many crucial stops will this defense be able to make in key situations, especially late in games, late third quarter, early to late fourth quarter, where we're cashing in to try to win games, especially when it gets tight. And that's that's when I look at in training camp. I'm looking at the defense. How well does the defense execute the plays? What are they looking? What are they looking for? How hungry are they? Are they going to be able to play together? Are they going to, if they make a, if somebody makes a mistake, do they pick each other up and keep it moving? How well do they do? They want a win. Are they just going to sit back and just fully rely on the offensive uh, presence of the Oakland Raiders to get it done? That's what I look at as far as the expectations of training camp. I'm looking at this defense because this defense looks pretty nice on paper. looks really nice on paper. Well, the whole team looks nice on paper. That's, that
1: there, that's a, I, I, I believe that. I mean, the offensive line looks nice on paper. Now the, the, the running back situation looks nice on paper. Antonio Brown, Tyrell, the re- receivers look nice on paper, but you know, it's, it, we need to see that rubber right meets the road. Now the defense gelling is more of a concern and in, in the old school thought, you know, where it used to be, there used to be uh a, a a uh, uh almost a, a tried and true method. However many free agents you picked up on defense, however many new people you had starting on defense, was how many losses you were going to have. You know because that's how important defense was back in the day. It is not as important uh in, in regards to the offenses kind of you know uh the 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 balance of the game is shift toward the offense uh. You can take a look at the Kansas city chiefs last year. They went, you know, they were one play one off sides away from going to the super bowl. And they had one of the worst ranked defenses. Now they had in key areas, they had good stops and they had the, the plus minus turnover ratio in their favor. But boy, they gave up the yards and they gave up the points. So the offense is what carried that team. Uh, this year, I believe that the offense is going to have to carry this team. The offense is going to have to win games. Uh, you know, the, the defense, I believe, is going to get better as the season progresses because of them starting to get a feel for one another and, you know, knowing where they're supposed to line up, where they get that muscle memory and that and that team cohesiveness because I believe defense is a much more difficult aspect of football when it comes to the team to play in as a team. It, it, a lot of moving parts and, and a lot of reaction and knowing what your what your boy is doing over here, knowing what your boy is doing over here, and trusting in the fact that they're going to have their coverages, trusting in they got your back. So I believe that this offense is going to have to win games out of the gate. The defense is going to catch up, in my opinion. I believe that while it might come out of the gate playing strong like they, they did last year against uh, the Rams, they played the Rams that first first two quarters like 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 madmen, they were playing with number heart they just ran out of gas and, and, and that's and that's the way they played all season last year like uh, like the first eight games they were running out of gas in the second half they played strong in the first half fell off in the second half so I believe this is a better defensive unit on paper but I believe that the offense is going to have to carry the load for a while as they get acclimated to one another
0: Well, speaking of the offense carrying the load, there's one offensive player in particular that may be on the move, and that is running back Chris Warren. Now, when I look at Chris Warren, um, you look at the running backs that the the Raiders currently have right now, as far as what I can see, I'm seeing a guy like the rookie Josh Jacobs being more than likely projected as the number one back. You got Jalen Rashard at the number two back, and then there's Doug Martin at the number three. So where – does Chris Warren slide in? In my estimation, I think you could slide him into the fullback position because this is a guy who is 6'2", right? this guy is 62 uh, 260. So you have a guy that can ground and pound his way on those keys those key down third downs, second downs, third down situations, third and one to get the, to keep the ball rolling. Right, He can ground and pound, take the punishment, almost like what the Rams had with C.J. Anderson, except in a fullback role. And that's what I look at with Chris Warren. I mean, I think Chris Warren is a guy that can fit into that, that fullback slot. Right now, when I'm looking at the fullback slot, I'm looking at Keith Smith, who's obviously at the number one position. I'm looking at Alex Ingold at, at, this, at the uh, number two position as far as fullback goes. But here's the key. If you slide, let's say you do slide Chris Warren from running back to fullback. The only way you could probably do that is if you cut Keith Smith, which will save you about one and a half million if you end up cutting him. And then you can slide Chris Warren into that spot in front of Alex Engo. And, and to me, I like Alex Engo. I know John Gruden is a big fan of his. You, you know, he loves, uh, Gruden loves Ingo's grind. He loves the way he he, he he eats, sleeps, and dreams football, as you said earlier. Uh, so those are guys that I know that's on Gruden's top list. But when you have a talent like a Chris Warren, this is a guy who can get you some yardage in crucial situations. And so if I'm looking at, I got a nice running back core with Jacobs, Richard, and Martin. And now I'm going to slide a guy like Chris Warren into the fullback at, at the number one fullback position. Hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not losing no sleep if i'm looking if i'm looking at this running game i feel a little bit more secure at this running game overall than i did during mini camp. i'll be honest with you well i look at it like this that is definitely a possibility
1: and there's been some scuttlebutt on that on that scenario of course you would also have to probably uh uh let washington go because i don't see i just don't see them carry more than five running backs slash fullbacks i just don't see it happening so um you know, uh, I believe Washington would be out the door as well as uh, along with either Smith. But the th- the thing with Smith though is, is while he didn't really do such a great job last year as a fullback, he didn't do squat. He's a fantastic gamer on special teams and was brought over because of Rich Pisatcia. So uh, he's one of his core guys for his special teams. And let's not forget that special teams is an important part of this team. So there would probably have to be some internal discussions going on there before Key Smith was moved. And, uh, I believe that, uh, uh, Rich would have to be uh coach. Rich would have to be, uh, uh, you know, soothed over for that to happen a little bit, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, Smith is a baller on, on special teams. I mean, he's, he's, he's the man when it comes to that. So, uh, you know, I believe that you have a very valid, uh, Inside on this, I, I believe that you know the team does like Chris Warren, they'd like to keep him on the the team, uh, moving him to fullback. It, it just, I guess, uh, ultimately, I we know he can get inside and pound the ball there. I, I mean, we saw it in, in preseason last year, and he, he actually has some speed for his size too. He's he isn't he isn't a, is a, a chump or slow. You know, he's not just a bulldozer. I mean, he can, he can crank it up when he needs to. But the biggest thing is, is can that 260 pound body block? Because if he can block, I mean, like legit block. I mean, like go in there and, and use that weight, you know, leverage people and protect Derek Carr because that's how you get that job. Not just getting it, you know, getting a one and twos on, uh, when you need them, but blocking is where if you're going to if you're going to steal that job if you're going to steal it from from engold if you're going to steal it from smith you're going to steal it by blocking and protecting Derek carr because we just said earlier and it's true that Derek carr is the linchpin of this offense that he has to be upright to do that
0: well not only does he have to and that's a very valid point not only does he have to block for Derek carr but he's also have to block for the running game, guys like Josh Jacobs, guys like Jalen Richard. Because when you look at Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs is about 220. You look at Richard, Richard is about 207, 208. So they're kind of lighting to see when it comes to the running game. So when you have a guy that's 6'2 and has the speed and has the weight, you expect a guy to block not only for, for Derek Carr, but for the running game as well. Because you got to get those extra yards. A guy that can maybe, as a guy is trucking down the field, you got an extra blocker on to the left or to the right of you that can cut the, that it will enable them to cut through and get into the end zone. So you have, you have a lot of abilities um with Chris Warren. And that's why I said they may have to cut Keith Smith. If he doesn't work, if he doesn't accept his role with strictly being on special teams, they may have to go ahead and cut ties with him. And like I said, and will save him about a million and a half on the cap. So they could possibly, you know, use that to their benefit, but Keith Smith's gonna have to be a, a total team player when it comes to this next decision if they decide to do this, go this route, because you can't afford to lose a guy like Chris Warren, especially in that role. Um, especially how they have the, the the running game set up now uh with Derek Carr in position at quarterback. So I think, again, you're gonna have to you're gonna it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they make this thing unfold. It's gonna be interesting to see how they can be able to pull this. Th- This uh, running game together. Again, I'm a little bit more confident than I was during minicamp, as you guys heard on this podcast. And Scott, you know me. I sung this this to the high heavens. So, we'll see. Um, I like Josh Jacobs. I'm I'm interested to see how well he performs in the preseason. I think he's going to get quite a few reps in the preseason, which is smart, uh, what what John Gruden is going to do to get him acclimated to NFL life. Uh, I think Jalen Rashard should get get some reps as well um, because I think it's, it's crucial. Doug Martin I'm not really concerned about. Doug Martin's going to be Doug Martin. If he gets no reps, he gets one rep, I don't really care. I'm not concerned with that. I know what Doug Martin is going to do in the regular season. I'm looking at these two individuals right now um, and, and watching them. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
1: The only thing I, I worry about with Doug Martin and and or concern myself, I mean, Doug Doug's a fantastic player he he played well last year if he'd played a little bit better he could have been comeback player of the year but he he just got to hold on to the ball i mean uh, you know that that man needs to be going through the gauntlet you know about 10 15 times a day you know and if he dropped a ball you know you know what i'm saying that ball hit the turf he's got there's something got to give yeah. that's his that's his only thing cuz he played very well last year very well on a losing team i mean that team had over 2000 yards rushing on a, on a in a losing in a four and twelve season, you don't rarely see that. You know, a team getting that many rushing yards and going four and twelve. They played well, but uh, yeah. So well, uh, I mean, well listen, almost over no sixteen hundred yards.
0: Anyways, you know, there's no question so, he has you know to lose mean. the butter. There's no question he, gotta, he has yeah. to lose the butter hands. I mean, they got to. go. Yeah. but at the same got time, to. I think he's gonna he'll be a little bit better because there'd be less pressure on him because you got two other running backs in front of you. They can actually do some damage if they get the ball and, and be able to acclimate themselves accordingly to the, to the schemes and to the offensive, uh, uh, plays that, that they're being cooked up. So we'll see what happens. But well, speaking of losing, coming up on the other side of the break, the NFL decides that Richie needs to get incognito. What does that mean for the Raiders moving forward? We'll get into that. Make sure you stay tuned and keep it locked right here on the turf, the silver and black turf here on the SB Nation on the silver and black pride podcast network. All right, y'all, welcome back to the turf. That's right, the Silver and Black Turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network here on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my partner, Scott Winters. So before the break, we were talking a little bit about what's going on with the Oakland Raiders and Richie Incognito. Now, the NFL decided last Friday to serve that Incognito will serve a two-game suspension during the regular season due to the violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy. Now, this follows a bizarre arrest at a funeral home after his dad passed away. There was an allegation or or a report that he actually punched a wall. He was going berserk. And so NFL said, you know what? Enough is enough. So as I told you, Scott, I told you to watch this dude because this dude is nothing but trouble. Everywhere he goes, even when he retired, this boy finds trouble. It's like trouble is stuck to him like socks and shoes. I mean, dear God. I'm 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 really concerned moving forward on that line for the Oakland Raiders. Because what else? Okay, when he comes back from the two-game suspension. Okay, he comes back from that. Let's say they insert him week week three into the into the lineup, right? I'm never right. see what he does. He, does he, do they have to do the, the Jerry Jones way with what, what he did to, to Des Bryant and hire him some security to make sure that he stays out of trouble and comes straight to the facility for practices and then comes to to the, the stadium on Sundays for games and then goes back home? Like, is that is that what what John Gruden and and Mike Mayock is going to have to do to make sure this guy stays out of the headlines for for a negative reason? Because this is ridiculous. This is absolutely absurd. I don't know why. Again, I understand from a football standpoint why they signed this dude. But from any other standpoint outside of football, why in the hell did they sign this dude when you knew exactly what you were getting into? And this is only the beginning. I'm telling you now, I'm not wishing negative on anybody, but this is only beginning because we'll be talking about this dude mid season once again because he'll be end up doing something else stupid. And we'll be talking about this in a negative way once again. I just hope it's not a distraction for the locker room, and I hope it's not a distraction for the team. Because I ain't, an, I'm not a Richie Incognito fan at all. Period.
1: Well, it ain't like he's done something new, you know. And 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 you said it he's yourself. Enough, right? He hasn't done anything new. You're, we're we're just digging stuff up because now the hammer has fallen, and you just said. The Raiders knew what they were getting into, and yet they signed him. So if the Raiders knew what they were getting into and still signed him, you know, to me, that shows its own faith. Now, that faith could be misguided, and I've said it myself. You know, (laughs) this is a coin flip on a player. Just like you said, he could. I believe it's a could, not he will. Um, He could blow up in the middle of season. Uh, what Jerry Jones did with Dez Bryant, uh, you know, hey, if the Raiders got to do that, I wish they'd have done that with, uh, Barrett Robbins before the Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl 32, maybe that would have been a different outcome. So all I'm saying is the Raiders had to have expected something like this, and yet they still signed him. Now they brought in Cooper, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, replace him, uh, for the first couple of games, we'll see how that works left guard. But, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's going to be tough because they're going to miss him for Denver. Denver's going to be such a big game. It's such an important game, in my opinion, that sets a tone, like I said before. But at the same time, they had a feeling that he was going to miss a couple of games, a game or two. They were glad it wasn't four or six. I don't think he'd have been signed if they felt like it was going to be four or six. But uh, two games, they, they can swallow that and they can have him come in in week three. And if he performs to their level of expectation, I believe, I believe that he is going to be worth his paycheck as, as far as what he does on the field. Now, what he does off the field, we'll see. But, you know, that's another different point. You know, uh, Martavis Bryant is looking into uh, uh, wrote a letter to be reinstated as well and And the reason I'm bringing these two together is because one of the things that Bryant fought for last year was the fact that his mental health was not addressed uh properly with the n f l and the n f l the nFL players Association this past um spring put together uh uh at the beginning of the last year uh into last year the beginning of this year put together a mental health wellness program that every team has to adopt this season so that they keep an eye on the mental health of their players which it will include richie incognito but you know the fact it that should. a former raiders raiders wide receiver you know was uh was uh, uh the driving force behind this through his lawsuit to t- to try to stay active last year and the fact that they they took it and turned it into a positive with this because i believe that's one thing that's been sort of lacking in the nfl is the mental health aspect, you know, you, you got these guys on opioids, you got these guys doing this, that, and the other, they're taking a lot of abuse of pain, it, you know, you, you worry about the concussion, the, the physical side of it, but the mental and spiritual, the, the inside, the, you know, is the mind there. And there's been too many times over, you know, in my lifetime watching football that somebody goes off the rails. We talked about Barrett Robbins, you know, that happened right before the well, Super Bowl. I mean, you got to take care of your players, and you don't just take care of them physically. you got to take care of them mentally, too. In my opinion, I believe that the NFL is stepping up. I think it's going to be something that could also help Richie Incognito
0: this year on the team. I have no idea what could help Richie Incognito. I don't think he <laughs> wants so. help. I don't think dude do wants so. help. I think he is who he is, and he chooses to be. Now, granted, the NFL and football is one of the most violent sports we know. We get that. There's head, there's, there's head-to-head contact sometimes. There's contact period, all across the board. So I, I applaud the NFL for adopting this wellness program, and that it makes all 32 teams be in compliance for this. That's great. But let me tell you something. I'm not giving a damn about. Him. We all know he's mentally un- unfit when we're talking about Richie Incognito. Okay? We understand that. Richie Incognito has had a history of, uh, he's a habitual line stepper. This dude has a history of being a habitual line stepper. And when I look at the two-game suspension, he got off light. He should be serving anywhere between four to six, as far as I'm concerned, for what he did at that funeral home and how he acted. Because let me tell you something. There have been other NFL players who did not look like Richie Incognito. They got way stiffer suspensions and penalties for doing less or the same, sometimes less, and got a stiffer penalty than people that did not look like, that, that looked like Richie Incognito. And that, to me, is the problem. If you're going to administer punishment and justice, then let it be fair and balanced across the board. Not just when you feel like it. And that's the problem I have with this for the most part. He got off way too damn light. You go out there and act a damn fool at a funeral home. Now, I understand you could be distraught because you lost your father. That's understandable. I've been to funerals. Scott, you've been to funerals. You've seen how people responded to losing their loved ones. Some of them are grieving in certain different ways. Some of them are very, very distraught. Some of them even pass out because they're so... Uh, overcome and overwhelmed with grief that they end up passing out, right, or get anxiety of some sort. That's totally understandable. I have never been to a funeral where I see a dude going ballistic and punching walls and threatening to shoot people and all this other nonsense and craziness. I've never seen that in my life. So for this dude who represents the shield, who represents now an NFL team, to go out here and only to get two game suspension is ridiculous to me. It is unheard of. It should be a stiffer penalty for this cat. And so I did he assault? Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. I'm just asking. I I need to know. Did he assault somebody? Did he hit somebody? No. I mean, no. So so wait a second. But but so, wait 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 wait. Name someone who has not who has been suspended more harshly for doing. For not hitting somebody. Name someone who's been, and we're not talking about the drug stuff because that's its own, that's its own thing that's already meted out that the punishment is what it is as per rules. The only thing where it's arbitrary is Roger Goodell and his dishing out suspensions for conduct. So show me another conduct situation where a player did not assault somebody who was, uh, given more of a suspension.
0: Who didn't? Oh, I can tell you a couple of players that didn't saw somebody that got it that that basically quote unquote got suspended. Now they weren't calling it a suspension, but it was a suspend. It, it was basically they were being punished for what they yeah. did. I mean,
1: I just want to know. I mean, because I, I need something to compare. Okay.
0: Uh, uh, what's what's the what's the guy that was with the Carolina Panthers and he ended up going to the Dallas Cowboys? And he was he was accused of of of, of domestic violence. Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. And Greg then it Hardy. came oh, out yeah. later. I, uh, And then it came out that he never touched that woman, had everybody believing that he assaulted that woman, and he never did. She lied, and he never did. And the NFL didn't conduct and do their due diligence and conduct their investigation and suspended that guy for no reason. Because she got upset, they got into a a verbal argument, which is couples do that all the time, okay, and... Never once laid a hand on, there was no evidence. It came out later, there was no evidence. I had everybody believing that Greg Hardy had hit this woman and never did. And the NFL overreacted. And that dude got suspended for several games. I'll give you another player, since we're on the uh subject. I'll give you another player, Colin Kaepernick, who still doesn't have a job in the NFL. You don't call that a... The NFL may not call that a suspension, but... Under the guidelines and the definition of it, it 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 pretty much is. But since we want to call it, we want to go on quote unquote suspensions by the NFL, we'll use Greg Hardy as an example.
1: Okay. Well, Greg Hardy, I happen to know a little bit about this because I spoke to the uh I spoke to the Jackson County prosecutor who happened to know the Mecklenburg County prosecutor. This is my neck of the woods. I asked him okay. what the whole deal about this was. Now, Greg Hardy was convicted let's start there we're in in north carolina we have a weird judicial system okay so yeah,
0: you break, get a bench so break trial down, break down, so break down the law really quick about absolutely is, real quick
1: you go in and you get a bench trial to start with okay you mm-hmm. don't get a trial by jury and okay. in in a bench trial it's basically the judge's decision based on a preponderance of the evidence were you more likely to do it than not not reasonable doubt just a preponderance of the evidence so it's a little bit different almost like a civil trial Meaning, uh, I think he did it more than I think he didn't do it. Now, you can request a trial by jury, which he did because he was convicted by a bench trial, and you can request a trial by jury. Now, he did lay hands on her, but not, I will say this, uh, uh, you know, Greg Hardy is, is, is one, of these, one of these cats who does some stupid things, but he only did so to protect himself and to get this woman out his house. Now, he might not have the best judgment in women, but he did not assault her. He defended himself and got her off the premises. Okay. Everything that he said matched the evidence. Now, you, you showed pictures of her. Her pictures, she was bruised and looked battered and all this, that, and the other. But here's the thing his testimony, and this is what the Jackson County District Attorney told me that the mm-hmm. Mecklenburg County and why he did not get retried, even though they said, are we going to retry him, you know, if we get a chance? No, they were never going to retry him because they didn't. His his story and his friend's story, who was there, he had an eyewitness there with him. Their story matched the evidence. Her story kept changing. And, of course, then she didn't show up. Now, people say that she got paid off, blah, 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 blah. But you know what, though? She was lying to begin with. In my opinion. Exactly. I have to say, I have to say, in my According opinion. According to the evidence. Right. But he was suspended before. If I'm not, he was suspended before his, after they, they reached a verdict on his uh, bench, but before he had his appeal. Um, I, I think that was just a miscarriage of, I think it was a jump the gun on the NFL because I think they should have let everything played out. But I believe, you know, you had two domestic violence situations already. It was, it, it's kind of like an ebb and flow. It was under the microscope because <laughs> of, because of, because of what happened, uh, with uh, uh the Baltimore Ravens running back, and what happened with uh, Ray Rice, Adrian Peter, Ray Rice, and Adrian Peterson, you know, because right. that was well, right well, there well. going along with it, and and you know, Greg that's Hardy wild. should not have been suspended, in my opinion, at all. I will absolutely want to agree and with That's that.
0: all I'm saying, and that's all yeah. I'm saying when it comes to Richie Incognito. Yeah. They waited to after this thing went through the 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 legal system to make a decision but you did not do that with greg hardy and that is my point you cannot administer justice when you feel like it and say oh well this is justified no it's not because when you let a guy like richie incognito go through the process and then you say oh you know what We're gonna give him a 2 game suspension now he could have hurt somebody in that in that in that funeral home he's a big dude he ain't a small guy I don't think there's a whole lot of people in that funeral home as big as Richie Incognito. Okay, so I'm sure there were regular sized people in that funeral home. If he would have went a little bit left of crazy, he could have assaulted somebody, went saw red and just went ballistic in that funeral home. And it could have ended up worse than what it than what it was. And that's all I'm saying. When you say you violate the personal conduct policy, that means. He did something that was an abomination, that was terrible, that was blasphemous, whatever adjective you want to throw in there, that goes against the NFL and its imagery and its shield. Greg Hardy defended himself, like you said. Yeah. There's a difference between defending to the evidence. himself. Mm-hmm. Right. According to the evidence and according to the yep. prosecution that you spoke with, mm-hmm. according to the evidence, Richie Incognito didn't defend himself. There wasn't some crazed f- family member that tried to attack him with a weapon. And he was like, hey, man, I got to fight you off for of me. to, You know, I'm not going to go to the hospital and die. Right. That's a different case. You wouldn't hear me say anything about Richie Incognito and his two-game suspension. If anything, I'd probably say this dude doesn't deserve to be suspended at all. But according to what we've seen in the history that he's had in this league, he should get more than two games. I'm sorry. He should get more than two games. Okay? Period, point blank. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm going to move on.
1: Well, I I will say this, just one last thing, and I will say this, that, that maybe, and I, this is, this is one of those things that you have to kind of take with a grain a little bit, but maybe the NFL is learning because if you notice, they did, they have not rushed to judgment on Tyreek Hill, much to the chagrin of many Raiders fans. And given the, what we'd like to call the seriousness of the allegations. And the information that is out there, a lot of people are already rushing to judgment and whatnot. And it might not even be rushed to judgment. The man might have done what he did, but the, NFL, the 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 police have said they have closed the matter. They are not. They are no longer investigating. Their investigation did not turn up anything that they could prosecute. Um, now that that process is over, now the NFL has is is finishing up its investigation. So maybe. They're learning. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, they uh, are, listen, but maybe
0: <laughs> I, will, I will not speak on that dude because I'm going to say some things that will probably not be happy to the good folks over at SB Nation. Um, so I'm, I, I,
1: I, I understand completely. Um, I just, I just want you to understand, so, in my opinion, that I think that. You well, know, we'll see as if, far as that. We'll see. As far as that punishment
0: we'll goes, see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we'll justice you know. will be done. He doesn't get a two-game suspension either, because that would be absolutely—that <laughs> would be absolutely just downright just. Just uh, I can't even think of it right now. Moving on, you know, moving on. Now, John Gruden. <laughs> Where does John Gruden rank amongst NFL head coaches? Now we all know that John Gruden. Signed a ten-year, one hundred million-dollar contract, which is head-scratching in itself, and he, because he has been out of the league for over ten years, and the league has changed. Even though he still he was still connected, doing ESPN's Monday Night Football, doing the Gruden camps, you know, the quarterback working with the quarterbacks and so forth. It's still a different phase than when you're being on the sidelines versus being in the TV booth or in the TV studio. Now, Gruden has never finished below 500 during his first tenure with the Oakland Raiders. He I mean, led them to a Super Bowl when he got the team moved into a direction where they can compete for a Super Bowl. Back in what was that, 2002 or 2003? Um, but he did lead them in his first year to a dismal four and twelve last season. Where does John Gruden? Rank. I'm going to give you the rankings, but I'm going to give you the rankings. But I want to know. Let me see if you can guess. Well, where does John Gruden rank amongst head coaches? I want to see. I want to see where you think he ranks amongst NFL head coaches. Well, the way I look at it, he's
1: he's won a Super Bowl. So you have to take that into into consideration. Yes, he had a four. Oh, and 12 season. oh you got to I'm just going to say he's won a Super Bowl. <sighs> now. God. When he was with Tampa, you know, he's hamstrung by, you know, the, the trade, you know, that took two firsts and two seconds, you know, for him to get there. And that team, it took him a long time to get back to where it was starting to be competitive again. But he did have a, a couple of uh, abysmal performances with Tampa, which is one of the reasons that he got fired from, from Tampa. So uh-huh. m- me, I, until he proves. Now, this is the thing. I think that he's a brilliant mind. I think that he's Decent at hiring. I think he's decent at hiring people. I think that he understands his weaknesses. Like, that's why he brought, you know, he had Mike Mayock brought in because I believe that he needs somebody that's going to check him, you know, and give okay. him so where sound advice. I'd where say middle.
0: He he's not so no, the, the bottom. The I'd pack. say middle. So where's, th- the, I, I, so where's the middle uh, to uh, you? Uh, 16, 17. Okay. I'll tell you where he ranks. To- I'll say 16. 16. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where he ranks according to this latest poll. He ranks 15. Okay. And so let me give you the first. Let me give you the the coaches ahead of him that, that that were ranked. Obviously, number one. There's no. There should be no discussion here. Bill Belichick. No discussion. He's on
1: his own ranking system.
0: <laughs> but he's still number one. You give a <laughs> damn what Lombardi, nobody says. You know, I know the John I know get make it mad when I say that, but he's still the number one coach. Get over it. Yeah, six number rings, two, man. Number two and counting. Number two, Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, at number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints head coach. Now this is really going to piss Raider fans off.
1: I, I think Pay- I think I think Payton's better than than. Personally,
0: right? I would think so too. But hey, that's how he's ranked. Now, this, no, this next, number four is going to really piss off Red Nation. Andy Reid, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: I think Andy Reid is a fine head coach, and I
0: Brilliant. personally,
1: I, I I felt like I was uh, it sucked when he was hired by the Chiefs because I knew that he was going to turn around that program.
0: He's number he's a fantastic five. head coach. He is number five Doug Peterson, Philadelphia Eagles. Number six, Sean McVay, L.A. Rams. I like that ranking. I think Sean McVay is right up there. I think he's a growing head coach. Number seven, John Harbaugh, Baltimore Ravens. Number eight, Anthony Lynn, L.A. Chargers. Now, to me, I would have ranked Anthony Lynn ahead of John Harbaugh, especially what Anthony Lynn has done during so far during his tenure with and turning that program around with the Los Angeles Chargers. So I think Anthony Lynn should be above John, John Harbaugh in my estimation.
1: Man, Anthony Lynn, what is this is it a sophomore season? I mean, Harbaugh's got two Super Bowls.
0: Uh, three. three. Three.
1: Three. You know, you, you see where I'm going with this.
0: I'm talking about right now. What have you done for me uh, lately? Uh, you ain't talking uh, about yeah. – look, you sound like – you know what you sound like, Scott? You sound like Laker fans. You sound like – like whoa, Bulls fans whoa, from the wait,
1: 90s. Wait, 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 wait a second. You
0: like the Celtics back in Oh, we won to we want a championship. Hey,
1: Harbaugh took a backup rookie quarterback and got him to the playoffs.
0: I'm just saying. And who he did and who more beat with them? The, oh, more, hold on. Who more beat them in the less. playoffs, Scott? Who beat them in the who playoffs? was a better
1: team? Who was a better no, team? Who had more no talent.
0: I didn't ask that. I, said, I didn't beat, say better coach. Who beat, who beat hey. the Baltimore Ravens last season in the playoffs? Well, who beat them in the playoffs last season? Oh, they did and who co- and who coaches the Chargers, Scott?
1: Well, I don't know now. I Just who I don't know. So, oh, Anthony. Oh, you Moon, don't know, now you
0: also, you don't coach <laughs> Chargers, <You're> Fuller. <laughs> Anthony. You're Lynn. Full of crap. No, all I'm okay. all I'm saying. All right though, then. Is they, all right can you, then. Can
1: you tell me? Hold on. Which team was more talented? Just talented. Which team? The was The
0: Chargers more were. Are you kidding? I oh, know, of course they things. were. Well, there okay, you go. Okay then.
2: Come okay, on, so man. That, so you
0: know. how, so how, was, how was John Harbaugh ranked ahead ranked above Anthony Lynn? When Anthony Lynn is taking a team that started with in less. his first year, in his first no, that's bull crap. More only, with less, and he did, and he did, and he and he crapped the bed in the playoffs with the home game. I might add, you were at home <laughs> and got your butt kicked up and down the field, up and down the field. You let a team that you beat at home to get home field, and you go get home field, and you crap in the bed. I don't want to hear. it. Here. Andy yeah, Lynch should be you know. right behind Sean McVay, as far as I, I don't I'm concerned. Mike Tomlin at number nine for the Pittsburgh. Still now, is see, Mike here's here. here wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Mike Tomlin should be, in my opinion, Mike Tomlin should be a top five. I, I, I mean, I like Andy Reid's position mm. where he's at. But in my, hold on, hold on. Mike Tomlin. In The last two seasons has well in the last. Well, he got him to the playoffs. Um, two seasons ago, not last season, but two seasons ago. Okay, I'm just saying. This, in, in, the, 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 in in that in that in that division, now granted, they 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 always get two free wins from Cleveland,
0: but in that division, of course, um, but not so much. Maybe not so much this season, but we we'll see.
1: Right, right. No, I hear you there, but um, I think Tomlin has a much better resume and a, a longer tenure resume, and you know. He's taken his team. He's got the ring. He's got, you know. I mean, Pittsburgh has only, in my lifetime, can you say this about any other organization? In my lifetime, and I'm half a century old, they've had three coaches. Think about that.
0: Oh, yeah. They're a great organization. Listen, they're a great organization. But what I'm saying, the last two to three years, to me, that's an accurate ranking because we have to see what he's going to be able to, how he's going to be able to bounce yeah, back we'll with the see. loss of Antonio Brown. Now you got yeah. Juju as your number one. So we'll see how yeah. Juju gets accustomed to being in that number one slot that he's been asking for. And he's a, mostly, yeah. he's a very immensely talented wide receiver. I don't take anything away from Juju Smith. I love Juju Smith. I think he's a great kid. I think he's a, he's a, he's a great role model for a lot of young people. I think he's a great fo- yeah. you know he's a, he's an outstanding football player and I'm looking forward to good things happening with him and I think that one will be a lot better this season as well. Let me yeah, round absolutely. out the Absolutely. Let me yeah. round out the 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 rankings so we're we're short on time. So you got number 10 at Mike Zimmer from the Vikings. You got number 11 Dan Quinn with the Falcons. You got 12 Frank Wright that uh from the Indianapolis Colts. You have Ron Rivera 13 for the Carolina Panthers. 14 Matt Nagy uh from the Chicago Bears. Um, and then you have 15, John Gruden from the Oakland Raiders at 15. So you were close. You were close. You were one away at 15. Rounding out the, the spots, you have 16 was Bruce Arians from the Buccaneers. You have 17, Jason Garrett from the Cowboys. 18 was Doug Marone from the, ja- from the Jaguars. 19 was Bill O'Brien from the Texans. 20 was Mike Varable from the Tennessee Titans. 21 was Sean McDermott from the Buffalo Bills. Th- 22, Brother Jay. Jay Gruden from from Washington at 22. 23 was Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers, but we all know the dismal season that they had because they lost Jimmy G. So they really didn't have a whole lot to work on. So I think I expect Kyle Shanahan to move up the ranks too this season with a healthy Jimmy G. Mm -hmm. Uh, 24 is Matt Patricia from the Lions. 25, Adam Gase, which I don't even know how he was ranked that high. Uh, 26, Pat (laughs) Sherman from the New York Giants. Uh, Twenty seven. Vic, uh, how do you pronounce Vic? Fangio. 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 Yeah. 27 was Vic Fangio. 28, Brian Flores from the Miami Dolphins. Cliff Kingsbury. Freddie Kitchens from the Cleveland Browns. Mac LaFleur from the Green Bay Packers. And rounding it out, Zach Taylor from the Cincinnati Bengals. And there you have it. So, Gruden is in the middle of the pack. I agree. I think I agree with that ranking. I think right now he has a significant amount to prove. Yeah. Um, as far as what direction this, this Raider team is going to head in, especially with them moving across the state lines, but for this yeah. season, especially with them being the final season in Oakland. And the, by the way, did you see how high the ticket prices were for the final game in Oakland? Oh yeah, they're 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 ridiculous. They're going ridiculous. To the roof. Yeah. yeah, ridiculous. I hope to get yeah. a credential. I'm, I'm I'm really hoping we get a credential because <laughs> I would love to be able to cover the final game in Oakland. I think that's going to be very historic. And it's really yeah, sad it's just- for the people in Oakland. I get it. You know, I make jokes about Raider Nation in in the Bay Area, but you know what? The one thing I can say about Raider Nation, Raider Nation is strong. Raider Nation is, they, they win, lose, a draw. They're going to be consistent. They're going to be dedicated. And, you know, yeah. it's sad to have a, a, see a city lose their team. Um, you know, but it happens. It's business. Welcome to the world of business and corporations, right? These teams are corporations. They're not just football teams that, that play on Sunday. These, these teams are corporate. It's 32 corporations. Um, and, and people make moves to, to better and, posit, and better position themselves to make more money. That's what it's about. You have to make money in order to survive. It's no different than somebody going to work a nine to five and then getting a better nine to five because they feel like they can make more money. Su- what do you make money for? To survive and to make it and enjoy, try to enjoy some type of quality of life. That's the same thing with these teams. They move from different directions and they move from city to city to try to make a better quality of life for themselves and a bet and make more money is the key is the key. So that's what this is about. This is a money play. It's nothing to do with trying to flip the, flip the middle finger at the fans in the Bay Area. And I, I know a lot of fans are pissed off and upset. And some fans won't even travel with the team when they make that Vegas, uh, touchdown. Um, you know, next season, but listen, that's part, that's how, that's part of partially how it goes. It's going to take some time for the Bay Area to heal from the Raiders being gone. I know you, and then also too, it doesn't help the Warriors are moving across the Bay to San Francisco. So there's only going to be the Oakland A's there, so that's going to be a huge void um, on Sundays, especially. So you know it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how it goes down. But look, it's part of life. That's what happens. We'll see. I can't wait for training camp next week. Goodness, yeah, gracious. rookies, rookie, fun.
1: Rook, 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 rookies report with and uh, the next uh, uh, at the end of at the end of next well middle of next week, and then the uh, uh, three four days after that the uh, vets show up. So, um we get to see the rookies you know uh perform and 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 uh get get going with each other for a couple of days it'll be nice to see and then then the vets uh show up you know do their job and then boom you got Raider football I don't care if it's a scrum I don't care if it's a pickup game it's Raider football it's a start it, it's a, it's a wet it's an appetizer it'll be appetized for the main course which is the season I just have a good feeling about this season uh I feel like it it, it this is this is an enigma i feel like they could win six games or they could win 12 games i mean if they if they've managed to pull 12 games out it's because the injury bug just totally forgot that they were playing in Oakland.
0: <laughs> <If they, laughs> that's all if you know they, what i'm saying if they pull out 12 games i'm looking up at the sky making sure i don't see no horses come across well i, you don't know, see I mean it, i don't see them in the game i i see them going eight and eight or maybe nine be, and seven
1: that's but see that's a ceiling. So you have you have six wins or twelve wins, what's halfway in between? Nine. So, I'm you know, that's, that and would seven. be a ceiling. I'd yeah, say
3: eight and see, eight, nine and right. seven. Because they're, the the yeah.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. in a tough oh, division. Yeah. they're in a tough division. I mean, if if, if 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 Kansas City does what they need to do, and if the Chargers hold on to Melvin Gordon and they have their team assembled, look, <laughs> the Chargers and the and the, and the Chiefs are gonna be tough. And I'm looking at the up and coming you know, uh, uh emergence of, of the Denver Broncos. I don't expect a lot out of them either, but I think they'll be a tad bit better than they were last season. So, yeah. and they always play the Raiders tough. I mean, it's, these always. are division opponents. They're going to always play division, each other
1: tough. Yeah, the division opponents, years? they tear so each other what it, up. That's the yeah, way it that's is. That's what it is,
0: twice a year. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's no easy gimme games in this division. I mean, you have to me, as I said before, it's probably one of the most talented wide receiver cores in the, in the division, and the Oakland Raiders have that on lock. So I think, yeah. look at that. That's a promising. Yeah, that's a promising uh stat to have in, in your back pocket. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yes, okay. time for us to get off the turf because they're about to turn on the sprinklers, and I'm not trying to be out here wet. So thank you so much for tuning in <laughs> this week's edition of the Silver and Black Turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. Make sure you download and subscribe to the silver and black pride podcast not only for this show but there are other great shows on this network if you're a raider nation raider fan nfl fan regardless you don't want to miss it you don't want to be out of the loop when it comes to the raiders and raider nation we're definitely going to have a lot coming this season we're going to have interviews we're going to have a lot of different things that we're going to put out there especially on this program so make sure you stay tuned check us out don't miss out and until uh, next time, we gotta Yo, go.
2: I'm from the yeah. land of the players, slick talkers, and color pops, narcotics, and boss ballers, pit bulls, and the rock rollers. niggas, but gold teeth. Old schools on gold feet, killers, and old task posts, and the police, smack off the foothill. Eastbound teams, Brady Park, Brookfield, Plymouth, and Walnut Street. From the building seminary, we took the roller 20s. we got ghetto celebrities like Big Feet, Little D. You see the East Bay trackers, it's the home of the Panthers, with niggas like tons of crack and fans catching on camera. Throw you the slammer? It's the home of show and hammer. Both Wallace moved to Atlanta. Niggas stole our grandma. That's my bro, cause That's my nephew. That's my Weeples. That's my nizzle. Please believe me. Go for cheesy off the thizzle. Do your thizzle. When my niggas riding dopey rentals, rock residential. like crack pack pistols. Every track I sizzle. Cause I'm a waiter, Oakland Raider, from the Bay to LA to Las because 'Cause I'm a player a walls player. And if you with me, pop your collar, shake the haters. I'm a waiter. To Las Vegas, cause I'm a player, boss player. And if you
3: win me, pop your collar, shake the name. I'm a Raider, just like my niggas before me. But I was a thief without the open face gold teeth, and in vogue was some fine ass Oakland Raiders. And too short was the first Oakland Raider on the set. Now, Blue Man was a Raider when he was fucking with that. And a story X was a Raider when he was awarded to state. And dangerous dame Dang was a Raider when he was calling hoes names. But I know, from the lake on Sundays to the five o. Now we to East Mott with the side show. But it's fun and I'm famous, but I ain't trying to die though. Niggas be going out in the game, but now. I if I have to go back to dope, I'm slinging for survival. Now, do you pippy do? If you hoeing then he pippin', you tried it for 30 days. I ain't lying, I ain't with it, dude. A babysitting job? Oh my god, that's a job. Uh, but I still wanna do it, cause it's 100% eyes. Cause I'm, I'm a waiter, open waiter. From the bay to LA to Long Vegas. On, cause I'm a player, uh, a balls player.
2: And if uh, you make uh, me pop your collar, shake the hate yes. I'm a waiter, uh, open waiter. From the bay to LA to uh, I'm
3: a player, boss player Whoa. And if you pick me, pop your shake the name has been raided since 93 till infinity Some underground shit that just shook the fucking industry And Humpty with his gone ass, a raider in his own right The whole D you can't forget, you amped on sight Now Mystic, she the only female raider I know You the shit, baby girl, I'm just letting you know And last but not least Tupac Shakur, nigga, uh, rest in peace I'm from
2: the city of dope, the town of the crack I'm from the city of pimps, the town of the Mac East, East Oakland. Oakland, he told Ebonic speech broken, they keep, keep joking. joking The loony's about to have the streets smoking. Oh. Down top, y'all keep smoking, hey We got the killer drone, Hair Heron and kilos for days It's the city of the warriors, the home of the A's Where niggas get sideways, shootouts on highways oh. East Oakland, bitch I'm a raider, uh, raider open raider from the bay to LA to Long Beach cuz I'm a player, a boss player and if you make me pop your collar shake the made us I'm a raider, open raider from the bay to LA to Long Beach cuz I'm a player, a boss
3: player and if you make me pop your collar shake We raiders us. i I'm three times uh, crazy, Sight on rest of VC clips, bad influence Rest in peace, Rapin Ron, Ant Banks, Seagram, rest in peace, my nigga. Black Dynasty, Delinquents, Richie Rich, 415, MCN, The Coup, Point Blank, EA Ski, Steady Mobbing, all y'all niggas is raiders. Raider motherfuckers. What? Damn, what about me? Smart Curry, baby, I'm not an open raider, goddamn! I'm the first motherfucker on TV! First one did HBO, first one did Apollo. I think it qualified me in the Hall of Pipology as an Oakland Raider. What? Uh, I'm the first one of dubs. What? I'm an Oakland Raider, baby. That's right, representing the town, Eastside Oakland. You know how we do it. Eastside Oak, oh, nigga, straight up take your hoe. Hollers all day long. You know how we do it in the town. Crystal, big dank. That's the way we roll. Old school, sitting on 20s. It don't make no difference. Floating, doing it all. Got them nigga from the East of Mount Mall.